in a world filled with information. Where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Good morning. Today's show all about risk and how to deal with it. We are all grappling with that in 2020, both as individuals and as a country. But when it comes to financial independence, is it possible to retire your risk? This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And welcome in to the Get Ready for the Future show. We are glad to have you along both on our live stream on Facebook and on YouTube and on radio all across the state of Arkansas. My name is Scott Inman, and to my right, Tim Key. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning, Scott. You are in John Truesberry's chair, so we should take a moment to say that John is uh, finishing up the last moments of his birthday celebration yes. as we speak today. Yeah. And he got a nice little uh, nice little trip out a of it, didn't surprise. he, Janet? little surprise, yeah. He, he was uh, doing some traveling for other reasons, and his family surprised him over the weekend and said, let's go to the beach. And for John, that's just, I mean, I, that's a happy, happy day. If he can be in the sand and near the water, he's just loving it. So, yeah, yeah I had that, a good time. I bet the uh, weather, well, I was going to say, but the weather was great. It always is great yeah. in San Diego, oh, yeah. but I'm sure it was fantastic we if it were you we were talking about i would not even approach the age subject but we can absolutely <laughs> oh yeah we can throw, throw him under the bus there. he's yes, not can. he's not here he hit a new decade uh-huh. uh, john is 60 and yep. and i will say you know we talk about retirement all the time um and i know people are out there going wait a minute he's how old you know yeah. he doesn't look 60 um but he's planning on being here for a long time yeah. still so uh but we're excited for him to be able to get a little bit of celebration time in on the beach yeah we certainly are and uh, he, you said might be touching down even as we speak right yeah. now as we put this show on the air. So today, as we mentioned there in the open, we are talking about uh, retire your risk. And what kind of risk are we talking about? Well, I mentioned there in the open, certainly uh, this is very appropriate to what we've been dealing with as individuals and as a country, I think, um, since the beginning and now in the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic. We are all trying to figure out how do we deal with the risk that is out there. And I think at the very beginning, when we shut everything down, we tried to avoid it. We didn't know what what was going to happen. But long term, that's not probably a, a, a real likely strategy for success, we would say. Yeah, I mean, if you think about the parallel, Tim, with with COVID, you know, there are people who have literally not left their homes since March, since it really hit in Arkansas. And, you know, you can draw a parallel in the investment world that there are some people that are like, I'm not putting a penny in the market, not one, not doing it at all. And therefore, they think they're taking no risk. But there's always risk. You Mm -hmm. know, it may be a different type. I I think about um, you guys have both um, done this before. This is my first time to have a teenager learning how to drive. (laughs) It's lots of fun. When we talk about risk, I'm thinking about her driving, you know, but she's not ready to get on the interstate yet. And so I was thinking about, we go to church in Little Rock and we live in Saline County. It's like, well, you know, we could go the back way. But it's just a different risk. She doesn't have to deal with maybe a semi flying by at, you know, 70 plus miles an hour, but it's a narrow, curvy road if we go the back way. It's just a different type of risk. Sunday mornings are actually a pretty good time to jump yeah. on the interstate. Yeah, though. they are. So they are. <laughs> a lot less traffic there. But I thought the same thing. Erin's a 17 year old now, senior in high school, and just letting her go. I mean, yeah. there's a lot yeah. of different things that have happened over the last couple of years as far as her learning to drive and gaining confidence in that. But then also, we just thought about how much rope we give her. Oh, yeah. I think that's yeah. what we do with our kids. We give them a little rope, see how they're going to respond, see if we can trust them, that type of thing. And we just keep giving them more rope, but sometimes we have to pull it back. And you kind of have to do the same thing with your investments. You've got to determine, if we don't want to use that rope analogy, how much rope do you give, you know, on your investments? And and I think it varies. You know, mm-hmm. that's why we do a time-segmented allocation for your investments. We can allow more rope, if you will, on that long-term bucket, the money that you're not going to use for a, a long period of time in retirement. But when you look at that short-term bucket, then that's money we're going to use pretty soon. We don't have a lot of rope to give on that. 
you talked about avoiding risk. I mean, some of it, some people have just locked themselves up in their house and they haven't right. gotten out, but others have just completely ignored it. Yeah. And that's right. not the way to go either. You're absolutely so, right. There's got to be some balance. There's got to there. be a balance there. And that's where the mask and some of those things that we don't all care for, but mm-hmm. w- you know what we're doing, we're trying to be wise. We're trying to be smart. We're trying to be careful with all this. And so I think there is a happy medium in that. Um, as far as the pandemic goes, but also just as far as our investments go and the way we're going to approach retirement with them. That would be approaching risk in order to manage it, right? I mean, we believe there's four ways to deal with risk. Try to avoid it, but we've already kind of talked a little bit about how avoiding it usually is is not possible. And by avoiding one risk, you usually take on another. And accepting risk full on uh, is certainly not the way to go either because that is trouble ahead for sure, especially if you're talking about the markets in a long-term distribution strategy in retirement. Managing it, however, is the third way and then transferring it. We're going to get in later in the show talking a little bit about what that means, but transferring it and managing it. And that's where we hang out uh, as advisors when we talk about retiring your risk. I mentioned in the open, is it possible to retire your risk? And that's a play on words for retirement. We obviously are uh, talking a lot about financial independence these days, but the, the the old-fashioned word, if you will, is retirement. That's right. what resonates with people. Can you retire your risk? Probably not entirely, but you can certainly make a plan to account for the risks that are out there. And we, and we always talk about this, Tim, in appointments that we believe there are three universal risks that all retirees are going to face. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have a sequence of returns risk, which is, just means we have no idea which direction the market's going to go when we actually retire. We can hope and pray that it goes up, but um, there's always a good chance that it's going to go down because it does run in cycles. We also have the inflation risk. Mm-hmm. We know things are going to cost more over time. And that third one is time, longevity. How long are we going to live? Are we going to outlive our money? And that's one big concern that most of our clients do have, that they're going to outlive the money that they've saved over their working years. I think it's important to say the word universal there, Janet. This yeah. is this is going to happen to everyone. Everyone who walks away from a paycheck, everyone who needs their money to last, those are the three things they're going to have to figure out which of those four ways we talked about that they're going to deal with. Them. Yeah, and, and like you mentioned earlier, we, we can't avoid the risk. You, if you avoid one risk, you're actually accepting another. And so we can't just completely avoid all risk. It's just not an option. It's not realistic. So then that leaves us with either managing or transferring. And really, we do a combination of both of those. We're going to talk a little bit later about transferring the risk, but, you know, managing that risk, that's that, again, leads back to this buckets of money approach. If we're taking on more risk with a pool of money, but we don't need that money for quite some period of time in retirement, that is a way to manage that risk. We're letting time work to our advantage. You know, we don't have to worry about the volatility of the market today if we don't need that pool of money for another, you know, 15 years or so. I always talk about this story when we used to do in-person workshops, and we certainly intend to do that again. But the uh, dealing with risk kind of hits home for me. You guys talked about teaching teenagers to drive. I always think about the time that I was uh, had the opportunity to skydive. I was working for a, a television station. It was my first TV job in Quincy, Illinois, and they had each year the World Freefall Convention that they held there. It was each <laughs> August. So this was August of 96, so it's been a while now. But I always wanted to do that. That yeah. was a, a goal of mine. So if you, if you think about that being my goal, to jump out of an airplane, Hopefully your retirement's not going to feel like that. But if that's your goal, right, let's let's use the comparison there that that's the outcome we want is a successful retirement. The outcome I wanted was to land on the ground safely and not die, right? So I had a choice when I went up in the plane and they, you know, they teach you for about an hour, which I think is somehow woefully uh, inadequate on learning how to skydive. But you tandem jump, you're attached to somebody. If I don't jump out of that airplane, I avoid the risk, but I don't accomplish my goal. Think about that in terms of retirement. If I accept the risk, I would have jumped out of the plane with no parachute. That doesn't make any sense either. What I did was I attached myself with a parachute to a professional skydiver who knew what he was doing. That was transferring some of the risk to a professional and also managing it by having a way to uh, cushion the fall, right? (laughs) To to have a parachute to slow me down instead of rapidly, uh, perilously hit hit the earth. So those are... Those are some comparisons to risk reward that we're going to talk about. When we come back, we're going to interview Ryan Dietrich. He is now the chief market strategist at LPL Financial. So what about market risk when it comes to now in this environment and also into retirement? We'll talk about that with him in a little bit. Stay with us. 
There's more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money right after the break. Stick around. This is Scott Inman. At Genwell Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life. Whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across central Arkansas, there is a GenWealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. My name is Scott Inman. This is John Shrewsbury. Welcome in on social media and on the Get Ready for the Future show to the fastest four minutes in investing. And John, we've got Ryan Dietrich coming up on the radio side very soon. So yep. we don't want to steal much of his thunder when we're talking about the markets today. But we do have some news. We won't call it breaking because it, uh, it, it did happen yesterday as we sit and record this. But the S&P 500 hit another all-time high. I say another. Hard to believe this is actually the 14th all-time high of 2020. Now, that's hard to believe when you think of where we've been this year yeah. with the COVID-19 pandemic. When you think about the the market only had about two months of momentum going, and not even quite that. Uh, they It hit all-time highs early in the year. Then, of course, we went through the deep valley of March, and then it's worked its way back, worked, worked its way back, and is now at an all-time high for the S&P 500. And that's quite amazing given uh, the economic conditions, the uh, obviously the the shutdown that happened in February and March, and then the gradual slow uh, back, uh, the crawl back that we've had. Scott, I think it was interesting. I've been traveling lately, and I, I went to uh, Phoenix and to San Diego on my trip. And Phoenix was relatively active, but I went to San Diego for a little bit, and it was almost spooky, the lack of economic activity and the lack of, of traffic that was on the street in downtown San Diego. Usually when we're there, it's very bustling and what have you. I actually have a picture of downtown San Diego, uh, this one Harbor Boulevard, which is always very, very busy. It was total ghost town at 8 o'clock in the morning. Wow, that is very interesting. So, and that's hard to really think through until you do travel a little bit because here in Arkansas we seem to be back to normal almost yep. I mean I think it's still a little lighter than it used to be but I think that brings up the great point though when you relate that to what's going on in the markets because you know as we go back and look we had 13 all-time highs prior to the bear market it took us only 16 days to go from new highs to being down 20 plus percent we ended up going down 34 percent and here we are back into a new high after only less than six months so you 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 couple with what you're talking about seeing in san diego and i think the place my mind goes is tech has driven a lot of this comeback and you don't have and the technology has been so adaptable that people don't have to be on the roads going to work you're absolutely right scott in the 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 area that i'm talking about in san diego is usually very high volume of conventions and things of that nature lots of hotels down in that area and and that has just totally dried up but we were talking with people at the marriott where i was staying and and they clearly said that that you know they've only got one of the two towers open and they only just this weekend uh had over 500 rooms filled uh, on that weekend. So uh, it's clearly changed things, but technology has been the the bright shining star. And obviously, uh, we've been using technology here at GenWealth. A lot of people have been using technology, and that has caused an evolution in the way we're living life. Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned the Marriott. I'd actually talked to the gentleman who runs the Marriott here in Little Rock, and the same thing is happening in downtown Little Rock, too. It may not be a ghost town, but they're not getting the conventions. They're not getting that. And that's also been a trickle down into downtown restaurants haven't reopened. You know, we still live out here in West Little Rock or in Bryant. Everything's pretty much back open, but those downtown restaurants are not because people are still not working downtown as much. Yeah, all this kind of plays into the the fears that people have about what's yeah. going on in the market right now. And Ryan's going to talk more about that uh, coming up on the rest of the Get Ready for the Future show. Where do we go from here after the 14th all-time high this year in the S&P 500? Not all that uncommon. Most years 
we'll see multiple all-time highs. But this one, uh, 2020, has not been uh, a common year, to say the least. That's it for the fastest four minutes in investing. Thank you for watching on social media. The Get Ready for the Future show continues next. If you want the answer, ask the question. Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question, and we'll answer it on the air. We'll be back in just a moment. You ain't heard nothing yet. Buckle up, because we're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. Talking today on the Get Ready for the Future show on how to retire your risk as you walk into your life of financial independence. Things change when you go from accumulation to distribution. We talk about it all the time, and we're going to get kind of underneath the hood of what we mean by all of that. As retirees in this country, you will face three risks that are universal to all retirees. We talked about it in the open. Sequence risk. It's basically, what if I retire at the wrong time? And that doesn't mean age 64 or age 65. It means, what about the market cycle? What about if you retired at the beginning of the 2008 financial crisis? What if you retired at the beginning of this year? Now, we've rebounded very nicely, but it still would have been very stressful on your portfolio, even the few short months that we were drifting downward if you were 100% invested in equities and trying to take distributions as income uh, in those first few months. Even just a few months of that can really be catastrophic uh, to your overall portfolio. So that's risk number one. Risk number two we talked about is inflation risk. You have to have a method of growing your assets still in retirement because things are going to cost more. And then longevity risk. We don't know how long you're going to live, so you don't want to run out of money before you run out of time. So our show today is how do you retire that? How do you get rid of or do the best job at managing those risks? And when we talk about managing, it really comes down to the fact that you don't buy in financial independence, you invest in it. There's not just one fail swoop that makes this happen. It is an ongoing process. Yeah, there's not just a magic product out there that you can purchase that makes this all you know take care of itself. So it really is managing over a number of different products. And Scott, you and I like to say that we want to build that retirement plan for someone first because we have an entire toolbox of products behind us and we don't know what products we're going to need until we actually have that plan completed. Yeah. You know, it, it really it really comes down to listening to whoever it is. You know, if it's your retirement, we need to listen to you and understand what your goals are, what your values are, what's important to you, and then begin to put together a plan to fund that. You need an investment strategy, but first you have to build the plan. It, it, it all comes back to the plan dictating the investment strategy. And there are some parts to the plan that are also universal to everyone who walks through the gen wealth door now the plan itself is going to be unique <laughs> right because everybody's numbers everybody's goals and dreams are going to be different but there is a stair-step process to creating your unique plan and, and we talk about it in terms of building a house we do and the first thing we do when we're building a house is you know we're building that foundation for someone we want to make sure that their required income needs are going to, going to be met in retirement. And we want to make sure that that is met by mailbox money. It's the guaranteed money that you're going to receive on a monthly basis, no matter what happens in the market. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at Social Securities. We're looking at pensions. Anything else is going to be a guaranteed payment that's coming in. We want to make sure that foundation is secure because that is, first and foremost, what we need to take care of. And that foundation, guys, is, is what covers what we call required income. And we can do a comparison between required income and desired income. And, you know, it, it's really interesting to me. It, you guys remember when we used to write a check, like, everywhere we went? Mm -hmm. I, I remember when, when I got married, it was still check writing time. And I went from maiden name of Waldrop to married name of Walker. So there was this W-A-L. And when I'd go to Walmart to write a check and start to sign my name, it's like, what do I even write after W-A-L? I, I don't even know where I'm going with this. But it was when you were in check writing mode, you always knew how much money was coming in and how much money was going out because right. you had the checkbook register. And then really about the time that we got married, debit cards became pretty popular. And that was a challenge for us because it had been, okay, when you write a check, I know if you write one and you know if I write one because everything's in the register. But if you're swiping a debit card, even if it's at the gas pump, I, I don't know that you spent that much money. And so it was a challenge to know, but what we see now is that nobody knows. 
Nobody mm-hmm. has any idea. We'll ask people, how much do you get paid? At like, what's your annual income? Yeah. They don't know. They don't know. They don't have any idea because money comes in and money goes out. And as Dave Ramsey says, the names are changed to protect the innocent. Yeah. And that's all that's, there is to it. And so when we begin to ask questions about what is your required income, we get this clueless, uh, I don't know, because mm-hmm. nobody has really thought about it anymore. So that's one of the challenges that I would propose to you if you're getting ready for retirement, you need to look at your cash flow. And I'm not saying you have to have an incredibly disciplined budget. If you've got plenty of cash flow, you got plenty of cash flow. But you need to know and be able to communicate, here's how much I have to have. I'd like to have X amount, whatever that may be, but here's how much we have to have to cover those required expenses. Because Tim, like you were talking about, we're going to look at Social Security and pensions. And we're going to total those numbers and see if there's a gap between your required income and what we know that you have coming in on a guaranteed basis. So if you said to us, as an example, we have to have $5,000 a month. Well, if your social security and pensions total 4,000, we've got a gap there. But if your social security and pensions total 6,000, there's not a gap. You don't need to bridge that gap to cover that required income. But the point of looking at required income is to know that even in like a 2008 type of scenario, that it doesn't matter what the market gives you, you're still going to have your required expenses covered. You know, I think about when you're when you're talking about writing it on the check register and keeping up with it. Those yeah. days were, were different. But I also think if people would, most everybody banks online. Yeah. They, they usually yeah. have an access to their account there. And, and I think the one thing technology has done is to be able to itemize all your expenses yes. very well. It's not yeah. just a number in there with a check number. Right. Uh, it will primarily because we're not using <laughs> checks, using right? Checks. Yeah. But it tells you almost if it's a, a, a utility or a, yes. what kind of expense it is. That enables you, I think, that'd be a great exercise if you haven't ever done it. Just go mm-hmm. through there and write down what did you spend last month and what, based on the itemization inside of that uh, online banking website, yeah. has to happen and is a required expense and is going to continue to be a required expense in retirement. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think we're counselors in that first yeah. meeting sometimes. Yeah. We are asking these questions and they have not given any thought to it. How much are you going to need in retirement? What does retirement look like to you? Mm-hmm. Because above the foundation, that's where the rest of the house is built. And that's where that desired income comes in. What's retirement going to look like for you? Where are you going to spend your time? Where mm-hmm. are you going to spend your money? Mm-hmm. How much are you going to need? Those types of things. Tim, I think you, you make a very valid point there when you talk about us being counselors in that in that first appointment to really kind of coach people through it. So, you know, I, I've talked about people don't know. Don't feel like you have to have all the answers before you come in. Like right. it, it's it's better to come in and walk through that with us and figure it out together than to just postpone it and therefore not ever do it because you don't come to an answer on your own. So we're used to having that conversation. It's great if you can walk through that ahead of time and be prepared prepared for that conversation. But if not, we can walk you through it. Now, if you have a required income and you don't have guaranteed income sources to meet it, then that is the first step in in our planning process is determine what is your required income gap and how do we fill it? And we're going to talk about that in the last segment of the show. Uh, But if we get that, when we get that gap filled, then it's time to move on to, as Tim referenced, the desired income and creating that. So you have desired income in the living area of the house. uh, Required income is the foundation of the house. Those two add together to give you a monthly net income, and it's crafted entirely up to you. What kind of retirement do you want? And I think that's a a mind shift, a mindset change for a lot of folks as well, because I do think that people compartmentalize their assets from their social security check and maybe their pension. I think the mindset that in, in our experience has been oftentimes they come in thinking, I'm just going to live on this. Mm-hmm. All, all, everything is going to be guaranteed to me and I'm going to make do. And the pile of assets that I've spent a lifetime accumulating is a just in case. It's, it's, it's the piggy bank that gets broken only in emergencies. Yeah, they're really not taking advantage of the income that it can pr- produce over yep. their retirement um, lifetime. And that's, it's kind of sad to see that because we've had a number of clients come in and they may have, you know, half a million dollars or more set aside. They don't feel like they need it because, you know, I, I don't spend that much money. I, my required income is, is met, but what are you going to do with that? Where's it mm-hmm. going to go? 
because usually they don't have a trust ready or anything else. Mm -hmm. I mean, who are they going to leave it to? And so, you know, thinking through that as well and and really being able to take advantage of the income it produces and being able to do worthwhile things now while you're living and being able to use it in retirement. I I think, guys, this goes to one of the GenWealth standards, and that is that we believe in balance. And there's a lot of different ways that you can apply that. In this arena, it is, you know, we don't, if you go to your example, Tim, where somebody comes in and they've got a half a million dollars, but they're planning on living on just pensions and Social Security, that's one extreme. The other extreme would be that you blow through that half a million Mm -hmm. dollars pretty quickly and then don't have anything Mm -hmm. to pull from. Let's balance that. Let's use the half a million to create an income stream for you where you're supplementing your pension and Social Security and you get to enjoy life. I mean, what's the point? If you don't get to do anything fun, you've worked all of these years to have that money to fall back on. So let's use it, but let's use it in a wise way so that you have it as long as you're here and you can use it when you need to later in life. And we really don't want to say that leaving a legacy isn't important because right. that really is the last part of our house. Mm-hmm. Right. That is the attic. It's the things that we have stored up there that we don't want to throw away because we think someone's going to, will want right. it one day. And so some people want to come in and they tell us that they want to write their last check that bounces on the day that yeah. they die. Yeah. Others want to leave a half a million dollars to the kids. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it varies from one to the other. So when we sit down with someone and go through this process, we are going to build the plan that is what you desire. There are cases where uh, if there's a couple and you have two Social Security checks and two pensions, maybe that is going to do it. They don't need any more than that. Well, then we can create a plan for what do you want. It all comes back to what the purpose is, what the Mm -hmm. purpose is for Mm -hmm. the money. Um, And if you haven't thought about that, give it some thought and and, and even more. So come in and sit down with a GenWealth advisor and we can kind of walk through those things with you. I would say this, even if you don't want the help of a financial advisor, Sitting down for one appointment, it doesn't cost you anything. We'll ask you a few questions. I think they're pretty thought-provoking. We've, we've kind of touched on some of those yeah. here today. You could a, a actually get your mind thinking about, well, what do I really want to do here? And probably have some pretty good ideas after a two-hour appointment. You can do that by calling 501-653-7355. Again, it's 501-653-7355. You can also reach out by email, info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Anna Olive is our client introductory specialist, and she will give you a call uh, and, and set up that first appointment with you. If you're hearing us today, chances are, especially on radio, that there is a GenWealth advisor near you. We have offices in Conway. Bryant, Hot Springs, El Dorado, Bossier City, Louisiana. Did I miss one? West Little Rock. I probably should not miss that. The one one where you are. Yeah. I knew I was missing one. Tim and I are in West Little Rock every day. We're there as well. So that one number will get you in touch with an advisor near you and get that first complimentary appointment scheduled with an advisor. Well, up next on the Get Ready for the Future show, we're talking to Chief Market Strategist with LPL Financial, Ryan Dietrich, about market risk. Next. Education-driven, strategy-based, team-delivered. That's how we roll on the Get Ready for the Future show. And we'll be right back. Do you have a burning question? Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question to get a response on the air from the GenWealth team. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Retiring your risk, that's the theme of today's Get Ready for the Future show and talking about how to deal with risk when it comes to your retirement. And obviously, if you say the word risk around finances, I would imagine the first thing that comes to everyone's mind is market risk. What about what's going on in the markets? And about once a month, we are always pleased to be joined by Ryan Dietrich. And I'm getting used to the new title for Ryan Dietrich, LPL Financial's Chief Market Strategist. First of all, congratulations on the promotion. Well, thank you, Scott. Yeah, it's almost weird when I hear that also. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm honored, though. And, you know, like I, like I said last month when we kind of talked a little bit, I just because I have a new title doesn't mean that I'm not going to keep coming on the show with you guys. I'm a huge fan and just can't wait to keep doing this uh, for as long as you keep inviting me. So thanks for having me back. Uh, well, we'll sign you to a lifetime contract then right after this interview. <laughs> we appreciate that. We're always glad That's to good. have you. For those of you uh, watching on our live stream too, you'll notice that uh, Ryan has focus behind him. Do you want to take just a quick second to talk about what that's about and uh, and why it's behind you right now? Yeah, well, 
it's behind me because it's a virtual backdrop, but that is our big conference, right? We've got almost 17,000 advisors, and we were supposed to be in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Clearly, the world we're living in now this year, it's virtual, but it starts on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of this week. And it's, um, you know, we've had six or 7,000 attendees. We're expecting, I'm not really allowed to say the number, I guess, because, you know, lawyers and stuff, but <laughs> we're expecting a lot more people to attend because it's virtual, and we'll have that absolute number. But I think it could be up over 10,000. Don't say, don't say I said that out loud, but, you know, we're expecting a lot of people to come virtually so it's, it's been some headaches getting there but um you know like any technology learning something new it's gonna be a lot of fun we've got a lot of cool stuff planned and it's just an honor to kind of get to meet and work with our advisors not the ideal way we'd all love to be in the windy city eating some pizza right now but <laughs> that's just how that's just how it is and it should be a lot of fun um all things considered Ryan, I got to say, our team is pretty excited about it because, like you mentioned, you know, when, when we have to travel and be there in person, there's only mm -hmm. a limited number of people who can go because somebody's got to stay back and watch the shop, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so right. we're very excited to be able to uh, have several of our team members join us who've never had the opportunity to physically attend Focus. So the, uh, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So the S&P 500... Ryan, if we go back to the beginning of the year, it's starting to get pretty close again, right? Right at a full return to market highs. I know everybody's still on edge about that. Was still the number one question that we get: is the market too high? What What are your thoughts about it going higher in the short term? And if you are looking for a pullback, uh, are you a buyer when that happens? Yeah, Scott. I mean, we just had the greatest 100-day rally in the history of the stock market, you know, off of those March 23rd lows, just made new highs this week for the first time in about five months. So near term, I mean, I've come on with you guys and we said a bigger picture LPL research. We still like equities over bonds. We still think this rally can have legs, but boy, oh boy, near term after this type of a rally, we think it does make sense to kind of have a little more caution here. It's an election year. August and September can be troublesome. I don't want to get too geeky with the sentiment stuff we look at, but you know, a lot of flows coming in, put to call ratios, option people are excited. We're making new highs. I mean, the NASDAQ's made, I think, like 34, 35 new highs just this year. S&P's back there. So there's some reasons to think from that contrarian point of view. Maybe it'd be good to have a little bit of a break, but that's the big thing. Would you be a buyer of a dip or not? Absolutely. And LPL Research, we can kind of get into what we still like, but just big picture, we do think that, you know, it would make sense to be a buyer. I mean, I just mentioned the 100 days, right? Looking at history, when we've had huge 100-day rallies like we just did, we gained 50 over 50% in 100 days. A year later, the S&P 500 was higher 17 out of 18 times after the greatest 100-day rallies we've ever seen. So the strength that we've seen over the past you know, several months is a hallmark of a continuation higher it's just that question of in the near term, yeah, it makes sense to kind of let the market come back to us, we think. Well, Ryan, you mentioned the election, and I know there's a lot of people on edge with how fast the market has come back. And with that election being just a few months out now, uh, what would you say to those folks? Yeah, we would agree. I mean, the election can have some uncertainty. We know the Democratic convention's happening, the Republican convention's happening next week. I mean, you know, kind of, we know who the VP is now, but there's always that indecision. Don't forget 2016. What did Mark Twain tell us first off? He was not around in 2016. <laughs> what did Mark Twain tell us in 20, in history? Markets, um, you know, history doesn't repeat, uh, but markets do sometimes. Mm -hmm. And And the reality of the fact is when you look at what happened in 2016, we had a pretty big sell-off into that election, right? You can have weakness before elections, and, and it just makes sense with the uncertainty and uh, clearly COVID-19 and the, the economy, which we think is kind of ending the recession. This is going to be the, one of the shortest recessions on record. But just the fact that we have this election with so heightened um, you know, concern and on both sides and what could happen, there absolutely makes sense. You can have a little skittishness, kind of like what we saw in 2016. Ryan, let's talk a little bit about gold. We, we talked about it some yeah. during our Mid-Year Outlook webinar, and your team really believes in the fundamentals of gold as being good, but not necessarily with a doomsday mindset. So right. what's, what's your perspective on that? 
Well, I don't know if you guys heard the interview with Elon Musk the other day. There, so not with Elon Musk. Other people are talking about Elon Musk. Apparently, he wants to spend money to build rocket ships and go into outer space and find gold and asteroids or something. It was crazy. It sounded like a movie, but anyway, that's that's Elon Musk. But we do think we've been bullish gold here all year, right? At LPL Research, we've had we've said it makes sense. Maybe in the right portfolio, you got to talk to your financial advisor. But the fundamental reasons, just today, just this week at least, U.S. dollar made new lows again. And you know, a lower trending dollar tends to be better for gold. Also, you have a lot of negative debt around the globe. Again, gold has no income, right? There's no yield to it. But when you have negative yielding debt, that's another backstop for gold. The big uh, budget deficits, trade deficits, all those could push the dollar lower. And that makes sense to us from a fundamental reason for gold probably to do well. But that's the key thing. If you say, oh, I'm a gold bug. We're not gold bugs, but we think gold makes sense in the right portfolio. You know, do you think that means stocks have to go down. We say absolutely not. There have been periods when they've been strong before. Just last year, both were up double digits, okay? And it can happen. But in, in 1979, that was the last time you saw gold and stocks make a new all-time high in the same year. Hmm. That next year, gold added like 17% and the S&P added another 26%. So we think you know, like both are making new highs or flirting with it. We think in you know, the next 12 to 18 months, both probably can continue. And it's not a doomsday scenario. It's just kind of the way um, all the intermarket analysis is kind of lining up right now. We're talking to Ryan Dietrich, Chief Market Strategist for LPL Financial on the Get Ready for the Future show. And Ryan, you mentioned a moment ago the possible end to the recession, uh, possibly the, the shortest recession in, in U.S. history. Economically, when you look at what data has come out uh, fundamentally, obviously the every bit of uh, data was was bad, but it was all relatively bad, right? It was, right. It was maybe not as bad as anybody thought it was going to be. What are you seeing out there that gives you hope and then what things are you looking at with a degree of some concern? Yeah, well, I mean, our CIO, Bert White, I know you guys know Bert. I mean, he's been on your show many times and talked to you guys before. He says, you know, it's good versus bad, better versus worse. Okay, what I mean by that, a million people filed for initial jobless claims last month. That's bad. There's no doubt about it. That's bad. But it's actually better because it's it's the lowest number in 21 weeks. And the economy and the stock market are not jiving this year. We know that. But it's because, you know, things are getting better on the economic front. And that's what the stock market likes. Now, just last week, we we had some really good economic data. We've got strong jobs numbers, manufacturing services. The one thing that got me was productivity. Second quarter productivity actually surged pretty significantly. Now, to keep this simple, I went back and looked at the last five recessions. Sure enough, at the end of recessions or right at the start of new expansions, you see a surge in, guess what? Productivity. That's probably another sign that maybe this bull market, I'm sorry, this this recession's on borrowed time. The other one that's amazing to me at least, S&P 500 has made new highs, okay? This week made new highs. Now, you look back in market history since 1950, there have been four other times you made a new high for the S&P with the economy in a recession. The recession was over that next month every single time. The stock market is one of the best forward-looking mechanisms we have for how the economy is going to do. And the stock market making new highs is telling us one thing, and well, I've done a lot of things, but one of the main things it's telling us is this recession is probably over or on extremely borrowed time where we are right now. Well, Ryan, much has been made um, over the last few years about how growth stocks have outpaced um, value stocks. And really, when you compare them, there's no comparison at this point over the last uh, four or five years. But do you foresee any change in that dynamic coming in the coming months? You know, that's one of the top questions we get, and we don't. We still side with growth stocks here. And here's kind of why. Look at the earnings season we just had, right? Growth stock, we, earnings dropped in the S&P about 33 34%. Earnings aren't quite over yet, but that's a ballpark. Growth actually had positive earnings. It was it was value that had negative negative earnings. And you look down that down the you know, the rabbit hole a little bit more. Sure enough, when you have a low growth environment coupled with low inflation, sounds kind of like where we are now. We're seeing some growth, but it's low growth, and inflation is almost non-existent. It's coming back. I know we're talking about inflation in the next uh, segment here or soon. But the bottom line is, in a low growth world, investors reach. For growth, that's what we've seen in history, and that's that's kind of where we are. So we would kind of stick with who brought us to the dance. It's the, the growth names, your healthcare names, your technology names, your um, uh, communication services names. Those are the ones that this earnings season did really well, almost in a way justifying so much of this gain. I think the Nasdaq's up like twenty five percent for the year, give or take. The time we're recording this, I mean that's that's just amazing. But that's also where the earnings are coming from. And we in a COVID world, we, you know, we're going to beat COVID 
hopefully relatively soon with a vaccine over the next three to four months in our view. But that doesn't mean things are going to change. This is this acceleration and kind of what's happening in the economy is not going away. Working virtually. I'm in my house talking to you guys, looking at a camera. I mean, that, that's how this works anymore. That's not changing. And that's where the growth is still going to be in our view. Hey, Ryan, you mentioned inflation with about a minute mm-hmm. or so left. Yep. What are your thoughts on inflation moving forward? Yeah, not worried about it right now. But when we look big picture with all the spending that's out there, with the gold is telling us, some of the other indicators we're seeing, inflation, and Bert White and I talked about it just recently, two to three years from now, we might start finally seeing some of the first real inflation that we've seen in more than a decade. So near term, not worried, could be a problem down the road. All right, Warren, we still have about a minute left. Uh, I know you guys have, uh, as the hay is in the barn, so to speak, for focus, and you guys are about (laughs) to unveil all of that. Uh, And I know you keep a busy schedule, but you're always reaching out on social media. You're always reaching out to folks uh, in many different ways. Tell us how people can find out more from the LPL research team. Well, thank you for letting me do this. Yeah, lplresearch.com is our blog, a couple different blogs a day. Then I'm very active on Twitter, just at Ryan Dietrich, R-Y-A-N. D-E-T-R-I-C-K, all one word on Twitter. Those are kind of two of the easiest ways. We also have a podcast, LPL, not to compete with you guys, but (laughs) LPL Market Signals. That is our podcast. You can go to our YouTube channel, LPL Research YouTube, and you can see some of the videos and podcasts that we do right there. Well, the team always does great uh, all around, but I always say if you like charts and you like graphs, they are really the, the best out there at providing those for sure. All right, Ryan, well, we've reached the end of our time together. Thanks again so much for being with us. I can't wait for next month and see you guys at Focus real soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ryan. We're back on the Get Ready for the Future show right after this. Don't miss a minute of the Get Ready for the Future show. Look for our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com slash radio. We'll be right back. Did you know there are a ton of financial resources on GetReadyForTheFuture.com? No? Well, bookmark that page for later because the Get Ready for the Future show is back. A Genwell Financial Advisor always there ready to answer your questions. You can set up a complimentary appointment by calling 501-653-7355. Again, it's 501-653-7355. You can also send us an email. Just send it to info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Scott Inman, Tim Key, and Janet Walker back now on the final segment of today's show after our thanks again to Ryan Dietrich, LPL Financial's Chief Market Strategist, joining us to talk about markets Uh, in light of the pandemic and in light of the upcoming election and in light of it setting new market highs. I know a lot of people are still worried about that, but when you factor all of that in, you know, we've been talking today, guys, about retiring your risk and creating a, a plan that attacks the three universal risks that all retirees will face. And one of those is market risk or or the sequence of returns risk. What if the market goes down early on in my retirement? And we know in the volatile world that we've lived in in 2020, folks who may be thinking about retiring soon may be rethinking that, maybe wondering, can I do that in this market? Well, I think we've talked about it already a little bit, but I want to kind of refocus your thoughts about how you look at your numbers. And the numbers you should be looking at are not about assets or account value, but it's about income. It's about what are your monthly income needs and what are your monthly income desires. Now, that has to be produced in large part by your assets. But when you create a consistent income that accounts for market volatility, then your paycheck's not moving around every time the market does. You know, guys, this goes back to that required income that we were talking about earlier in the show. And if we just use that example again of if you say you need to have $5,000 a month in income, so that's your required got to have it money, and your Social Security and pensions total 4000 then you have a gap. And when we ask you, hey, is there ever going to be a time when it's okay for you to not have that other $1,000? I guarantee you, if it's required income, your answer is going to be, no, that would not be okay. I have to have that. So in order to have that, then this is where we look at transferring that risk. You know, we've talked about managing risk. We can't avoid it. We're not going to accept all levels of risk. And so we manage part of it, but then some of it you want to transfer the risk. And so if you if you think about 
kind of like with a pension. You know, when, when if you looked at old school employers, you know, when you didn't have a 401k and everybody had a pension, you were transferring the risk of having to fund your retirement to your employer. This is this, a similar concept, but you're transferring it instead of to your employer, you're transferring it to an insurance company. So basically the insurance company is taking on that risk. There's a contract there that, you know, there are some fees involved in that, but they need to be paid for being able to accept that risk that mm-hmm. you're transferring to them. And so these guarantees are based on the claims paying ability of the insurance company. So you get a, into a situation where you have said, I'm going to take X amount of money to bridge that gap that I have, transfer that risk to the insurance company, and they then take on the liability of paying you a monthly payment for you know what, however the terms are set up. It might be for a lifetime. It might be for a period of time. Mm-hmm. We're normally going to look at you having that income for the rest of your life and having some level of benefit there for a spouse as well, guys. Well, I think that, you know, the fees in this is what really scares a lot of people. They've heard things about the fees, Mm -hmm. but there is a plan and there is a purpose for what this product is used for. And that is to fill that gap and make sure that you have a guaranteed paycheck coming in from all your sources that will cover all your bills. And that helps a lot of people sleep better at night. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are some people that may want to take the risk of not having that gap filled, but the majority of our clients want to make sure that they have their required income needs met. Well, and let's talk about fees for just a minute. Obviously, there are a lot of different types of annuity contracts, and so the fees are different. But just as a general rule of thumb, as a concept on the price range, because I think people hear, oh, they're so costly. In comparison to what would be the question? And many times when you look at your homeowner's insurance the cost of getting a guarantee on your uh, retirement income many times is very comparable to what you pay on your homeowner's insurance and so we look at it as all right if you have a house worth two hundred fifty thousand dollars and you have investments worth two hundred fifty thousand dollars here's here's your trick question you ready which one's worth more they're the same value, right? right? It's just that one is in bricks and mortar and one is in dollars and cents. And so if we would insure $250,000 in bricks and mortar, why would we not insure $250,000 that's in dollars and cents? That's, That's really what we're looking at doing. We're transferring that risk to an insurance company and there is a cost in doing that. But if they're going to protect you in a 2008 type of situation, then it's probably worth the cost of transferring that risk, just like your homeowner's insurance is. And we've seen a number of people come in here with annuities that have been sold by other advisors and there's no plan behind it. It's just a product. And it's like, why? Yeah. And it does have to have a purpose here. You know, that's when we go back to that scenario that we talked about earlier in the show, if you came in and said, my required income is $5,000, but I have guaranteed sources that are giving me 6,000 a month. We're not going to even look at an annuity for you because you don't need it. You don't have to have more required guaranteed income. But if there is a gap, you want to be sure that it's covered. An important disclosure, annuities are insurance contracts that may carry fees, charges, and restrictions. We've already talked about that. You should consider the contract carefully before purchasing guarantees are based on the claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. You said all of that. I tried to read that really fast like <laughs> the, like the uh, disclosure <laughs> guy. But that is important. And, and I think, yeah. to your point, um, it, it is part of some people's plans and not part of right. some people's plans. So it is back to the tool chest conversation. It can be a wrench when we need a wrench. If we need a hammer, then we're going to use a hammer to fill uh, or to, to create the income that you're wanting or needing in retirement. Scott, I, I think I would I would say just as a precautionary measure, there are uh, there are people out there who will yeah. call themselves advisors where this is the only tool that they use. Yep. And that's something that I, I really want you to be cautious about, that it if it doesn't matter what your situation is, if their answer is an annuity, then I'd, I'd turn and run. But if you go through a logical conversation and you've laid out, here's my scenario, and then you get a written plan in return for that, and in that plan, it makes sense as to why you need to bridge that gap that's a different conversation. I would say the reverse is true too. If you sit with an advisor and tell, who tells you right off the front, you do not need an annuity. Yeah. Annuities are bad. Or maybe they say, I hate annuities yeah. when they know nothing about you. Right. That is the same as well. I would definitely think that you would want an advisor to look at your needs and find out what you need 
in your plan. And if you would like to learn more about it, I would also reference our show from last week on yeah. the podcast. Wade Fowl, Dr. Wade Fowl was our guest. And Dr. Fowl is uh, with the, um, I'm losing the, it's American College. American College. American yeah. College. He's a professor of retirement income. And when he looks at the data and he looks at the stats, this is academia. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he is an academic looking at ways to have successful retirement outcomes. He is a big proponent of annuities as a source of lifetime income. And, and particularly because of where we are now with interest rates, yeah. where we are with potential uh, capital market assumptions moving forward, it is going to be very difficult to get a robust income out of a traditional portfolio. Well, I just read a recent article that um, Vanguard had actually put out, and it talked about how the 4% rule no longer works. Yes. Yeah. And what they are also saying is that if you want to maintain a retirement balance throughout your retirement, in some years, you may have to take a lower distribution. And I don't think there's a lot of people out there that actually want to have a pay cut. No, I mean, that's a scenario that we've gone through many times, just as an example on the show. If you're talking about somebody retires with a million dollars, they're taking, let's say at that 4% rule, they're taking $40,000 a year, 2008 hits, all of a sudden they have 600,000. Well, now that 4% is $24,000 a year in income instead of 40,000. Who in their right mind wants to go from 40,000 to 24,000 a year in income? Nobody wants to do that. That's why you need to have that floor level of income that's guaranteed so that you don't have to step backwards. In most cases, you're not going to retire at a time where you have to worry about that. Most of the time, the market is up. But sometimes it's not. And so you want to be be sure that you're transferring that risk when necessary. You can get started with the GenWealth Ready to Retire process beginning your step towards building a plan for retirement by calling 501-653-7355 or info at GetReadyForTheFuture.com. You heard the final bell. It means it's time for our final thoughts. Again, I'll go back to the beginning of the show. We all have to deal with risk. We have learned that uh, for sure in 2020 with the pandemic. It is how do we deal with it, and we are grappling with that. And when it comes to your retirement, your financial independence, drawing an income from your investments that you've spent a lifetime accumulating, you can either avoid it, which is really hard to do because you usually accept another risk when you avoid one. You can accept it, and which is not a good idea either, or you can manage it and potentially transfer some of it. Those are the ways we would encourage you to approach risk. Well, I think my final thought is if you're five to 10 years out from retirement, now is the time to actually take that step and talk to an advisor. Get a plan together. Uh, There's different types of annuities, and oftentimes five to 10 years before you actually go Mm -hmm. into retirement is a good time to get those in your portfolio to let it do what it's going to do and provide that guaranteed income for you. I would encourage you to stop thinking about how in the world you're going to make retirement work and start planning about how in the world you're going to make retirement work. The first step is picking up the phone and giving us a call to get an appointment with an advisor and then having us walk through. Again, that first appointment is at no cost. So at that point, we get to know your situation, understand that, and then you can determine from there if you want to meet again. But get a plan on paper, on purpose, so you can be ready for retirement. So here's how to do it again. I just mentioned it a moment ago. The number again, 501-653-7355, 501-653-7355. And I know a lot of people are driving when they listen to the show. We hear about it all the time. So if you can't write that down, you can't remember it, just uh, go to our website when you get home, getreadyforthefuture.com. You can find the phone number there. We have offices in Conway, Hot Springs, West Little Rock, Bryant, El Dorado, and Bossier City, Louisiana. So there is an advisor near you ready to sit down with you for that first appointment. We thank you for listening to this week's show. We're back next week. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only.